in a world full of good food. This is delicious! Yet filled with poor thinking about God. You are not going to go through life constantly struggling, pressured, weighted down by problems. This is a new day. Ease is coming. Where should one turn for guidance? It's not that easy. Like bacon and eggs. Yummy. And steak and potatoes. Dinner is served. One man has brought food and God together in a single podcast. It's like turkey bacon. Good for you, but not as satisfying. Yes, please. Stand by. Red five standing by. Almost there. Wait a minute. For bite-sized theology. Somebody get me some coffee. I'm never going to make it through this. Welcome to Bite Size Theology, the podcast that digests the Word of God. My name's Joe, and I'll be your host for this session. Thank you for joining me. For those who have been listeners uh, up to this point, uh, I do want to let you know we're going to change things up just a little bit here. Um, Due to time constraints and and other other matters, uh, I'm going to plan for now uh, to do uh, half-hour recordings rather than an hour long. And... um, uh, I'm going to drop the, the food portion, uh, so hopefully that doesn't turn a bunch of people off. Uh, really just kind of, I found I was really splitting my focus more than I wanted to. So we're just going to get that uh, off and out of the way first thing here. Uh, the original intention I had for this podcast under the, the whole bite-sized idea was to make something small, manageable, uh, that would be theologically uh, related or directed. And I want to kind of get back to that and we'll just see how that goes. My wife and I were able to attend a homeschooling uh, conference here in Iowa this weekend. And we were discussing this um, on our drive home uh, last night. And, uh, you know, finding finding that focus and, and really zeroing in on, on what I really wanted to accomplish, we thought it was something that really should be pursued. Uh, we also, through the course of our conversation, just kind of wondering, uh, or discussing at least, you know, th- th- I may find it necessary to take uh, something of a sabbatical. Um, not that I haven't done that already through the course of this podcast, but maybe find uh, take a, take a little bit of time off and and really kind of figure out what I'm doing a little bit better. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I'll try to keep people updated as as that progresses. So, but for now, like I said, we're just going to drop the food thing. We're going to go right into the theological topics, and I hope that you uh, will find this edifying. So last week, we uh, started talking a little bit about marriage, and uh, maybe it was a little bit of a disjointed thing. Kind of looked at uh, Ephesians 5 uh, a little bit. Um, Marriage is a wonderful thing. I'm married. I've mentioned that before. Mentioned it just a couple minutes ago, really. Um... And it, it has been a tremendous blessing. It has been difficult at times. You don't get me wrong on that. Uh, there are times where putting two sinful people together under the same roof, uh, you end up with situations where you uh, just don't see eye to eye, uh, or you know, one one or both of you is not doing what should be done, and uh, you you cause problems. You know, people look at marriage. You know, uh, you know sometimes. Uh, you know, 
looking at like movies uh, if you know for example is he oh isn't that just a wonderful thing uh just oh everything's going to be better once i get married <laughs> and uh it depends on the couple but sometimes it'll be 2 weeks and sometimes it'll be 2 years before they really come to realize oh this this is not at all what i thought you know we're not uh we're not always uh um you know having all of these beautiful conversations every day uh you know we're not uh we're not always seeing eye to eye on things uh you know i can't fix everything just by saying something witty uh, you know it, it's it's hard it's worth it though it's it, it is more than worth it if you are single out there and uh you have a, a heart for marriage uh i definitely encourage you to pursue that to pursue it rightly uh, we're told that we shouldn't be unequally yoked, and uh, I firmly believe that that would include, you know, as a believer, not marrying an unbeliever, uh, not not even stepping down that path. There have been instances where uh, a Christian has, you know, dated a non-Christian in the hopes that the non-Christian would convert, and the non-Christian did convert. But that's not uh, that's not a very uh, wise. Uh, evangelistic plan um, in my mind I would say that that's that's really poor evangelism you know because you get to a point where it's like you know either we should get married or or we should just break it off um, you know and you get to that point where it's like well it would be more painful emotionally to break it off and uh, so you go ahead and get married but well the other person didn't get saved yet um, <laughs> so, you know, it's just, uh, I think it's just a, a very poor situation, a bad situation to get into. Um, you know, uh, Paul talks, I think, in 1 Corinthians 7, um, and then maybe in Romans somewhere, too. He kind of talks about this, you know, like if, if um, sorry, I don't have this in front of me. You know, but basically the concept, you know, if if, uh, if you have an unbelieving spouse and, and they want to stay and, and you, know, you can live peaceably, you know, don't leave, you know, okay, stick it out. Um, but if the unbelieving spouse wants to leave, you know, then you're not supposed to stop them. Um, and, uh, you know, again, really, you should, you should only be in that situation, ideally, uh, if the two of you were unbelievers when you got married and then you uh, converted to Christianity after getting married, and then at that point, um, at that point, the uh, the other spouse may say, "Well, this Jesus thing is 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 too much for me. I can't take it. I want out." Um, you know, and it, and that does happen, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> I just I want to kick off here a little bit. Proverbs eighteen twenty two: Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. And I really believe that. Excuse me. It is, you know, despite the difficulties that my wife and I have faced, uh, difficulties brought on by uh, one of the other's selfishness, or difficulties that we've faced uh, in circumstances that maybe didn't have anything necessarily to do with either of us, um, circumstances that we didn't cause, uh, you know, it, it's, it has been a blessing to be married, uh, you know, to... In the, in the situations where one or one or both of us has been selfish or stubborn or uh, otherwise causing problems, um, you know those are you know to look back on those uh, situations. That's the, it's it's a sad thing to see. It's frustrating to to look at to remember. 
Um, so maybe there, there probably are some things that we're still kind of dealing with. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it does make life tough. But we find that when we are uh, maintaining our focus on Christ and working through things, that even though it doesn't make just everything all of a sudden, like, everything's all of a sudden just immediately better, that generally doesn't happen. Uh, but if we're focused on Christ and doing the right things, all of a sudden the, the difficult things that we face, they're still, they're still difficult, but they, they seem more bearable, uh, if that makes sense. So, anyway, so I, I mentioned I went, uh, we went to this homeschooling conference. Uh, it was the Iowa State Homeschooling Conference. Um, it has been, apparently, I think this is the first year they held it in Iowa City. Uh, it was the 25th year that they've done it. Uh, I believe all previous 24 years they held this uh, conference in Des Moines. Um, but we had the opportunity to go, and... Uh, we had been thinking about it. I had taken time off of work for it, and then you know our finances didn't look so good, so we decided we weren't going to go. Uh, some friends of ours very graciously paid for our tickets for admission, which the, was pretty pricey. Uh, I would say that that would have been a good a good fifty percent of the cost of the weekend. And, you know, everything all together, I would say that probably the admission was about fifty percent or close to it. So they paid for that, and we thought, okay, we can. We can probably, you know, we can swing a hotel for one night. Uh, we can we can swing the gas there and back. Uh, we took we took a lot of food with us. Uh, we did a friend of uh, some other friends of ours had given us a uh, ten dollar gift card to Chick Fil A sometime. I don't even remember when. We've had this for a while. I don't remember when we got it. And so we said, okay, we're gonna. Uh, we went to Chick Fil A uh, Friday night. Um, used a ten dollar gift card, and I think I think we had to pay like five fifty. Uh, for the rest of it to make up the difference, so that wasn't so bad. Um, you know, we left we left our two oldest children with my in-laws. Uh, they live about an hour or so from our house. Um, so leaving, we left. We uh, we went there. Went to my in-laws on Thursday. Dropped the kids off. Uh, you know, or, or we stayed there that night also. Then th Friday morning, uh, we got up. We only had to drive for about an hour and a half to get to the conference from my in-laws' house. It'd be about two hours to get there from our house in Des Moines. Um, and, and then on, on uh, Saturday, yesterday, uh, it took us an hour and a half then, of course, to get back to my in-laws, and then another hour to get back. So then it took two and a half hours of driving, you know, on Saturday to get home as opposed to the two hours if we'd been able to go straight. But it was really nice. The kids enjoyed being out at the farm, uh, seeing their grandparents, uh, seeing their aunts, uh, and one of their uncles. Um, and it, it was it was a lot of fun uh, for them. They really enjoyed it. I think I think they had, like, a, a lamb. I think a lamb was born on Friday. So they got to see, Thursday or Friday. So they got to see a very, very newborn little lamb. Uh, which was very exciting for them. They got to ride in tractors, which my son just loved. So it was it, so that was a good experience for my kids. We really enjoyed it, and, you know. And that really, you know, was the cost of just the gas to get us out there. Which hey, that's that's great. Uh, and then you know, and then we we enjoyed the speakers that we listened to. Uh, listened to a lot of good talks. Uh, I enjoyed particularly going and listening to a mathematician talk a few times. Uh, very enjoyable for me. Um, there was a, a pretty big theme of encouragement that ran through the conference. And that, that to me, 
it, looking back, initially when we, like the first message that we heard, basically, or the, actually it was the second message, it was the first, the opening keynote of Friday morning, which was actually after a session that we attended already, um, you know, really was one of encouragement. And initially my response to that, you know, was kind of like, well, we're already sold on this. Okay, what's the big deal? But as as the conference went on, and, uh, you know, now that I've had time to process it a little bit more, um, you know, I find I find that theme of encouragement. It's not that we aren't dedicated to doing this, but it's part of it. I think is the reminder that we're not alone. Um, Ecclesiastes four nine says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Um, and there's of course broader context there and everything. But so in the in the homeschooling, uh, you know, my wife and I are a team. That was the uh, the the closing keynote speech Saturday you know, is that, you know, we're a team, this is a team effort, you know, specifically my wife and I form a team, any, any, uh, any mother and father homeschooling the children, they form a team, and, and part of it, like, there's a lot of times where, you know, guys kind of, kind of check out on, on that, um, you know, they're, they're typically going to work, you know, all day, so, like, okay, well, you, you take care of it, um, and there, there's even, there was even, you know, a, a little bit for me, too, it's kind of like, Whatever you want to do for curriculum, okay, whatever, I don't care. The, you know, there's there is a little bit of that. You know, there's, there's a lot of good materials out there. I trust my wife to pick something solid, uh, so it's not that. But it's but it's the involvement is is big. Being involved in the process, being involved in uh, in helping. I may not be doing much of the teaching, but to be involved in helping uh, get everything set up in following up with my children even you know maybe even having to sit down with a child or multiple children and and lay down the law even uh one gentleman uh gave us gave a talk where he he talked about um uh, they had a child who was essentially was driving his wife up the wall and what it was i think the child was actually quite intelligent and they finished their work very quickly and had no idea how to do uh, anything with their or what to do with their free time, so they would go and irritate their mother. Um, so what he did with that child, I believe it was a daughter. He uh, he he was working a job at that time, at least that required like uh, basically like a, a fifteen minute timesheet. You know, every fifteen minutes you have to record what you did in the in the previous fifteen, which really seems like a, a lot of extra work. I guess you know you could put down like a few words. Or, or a sentence or two, maybe, and just say, okay, this is what I did. It should, it wouldn't have to take a lot, but you know, it would add up over the course of a day, I would think. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. So anyway, so he created a 15-minute timesheet, like, and I think it went for like the whole day. You know, basically from for all the waking hours um, was kind of the impression I got, and uh, maybe I misunderstood him. But anyway, so he he put on his daughter the responsibility to study a cumulative total of four hours every day and so she had to record every 15 minute increment that she studied and you know what she and, and what she was studying what she was reading and they went through and did a couple of things i think he said there was like like history was one area that he thought maybe needed some work so they came up with a list of individuals historical individuals and ranked them somehow put them in somewhere basically you'll know, start at the top of the list and uh, basically, you can the way he kept saying is that you can you can read about this person for five minutes, uh, 
five hours, five days, five weeks, five months, five years, rest of your life, I don't care. You know, but when you get done learning about this individual, you move on to the next person on the list. And, and on the next one, and the next one, you know, so on and so on. And then they decided that science needed some help, too. So then he went through, and he said he had to, because he wasn't super familiar himself, he had to go through. Uh, and they sort of looked through the, uh, through the encyclopedia and say came up with, uh, like, the different uh, organs and systems in the human body. And they listened, okay, you pick from this list, and you, again, study five, five minutes, uh, five hours, five days, weeks, months, years, whatever, rest of your life, that's fine, whatever. And uh, so he gave gave her that, and I think there was one more, at least one, I think, and I don't remember what it was now. Um, anyway, so we went through and did that, and and gave it to her, and found. I don't know. I think I think he said it took it took a few weeks, a month or two maybe, and the system was really kind of locked down, and this this child was doing really well, uh, you know. But it required his involvement to get this done. He had to be involved. For whatever reason, the child was not responding to the mother and uh, needed dad's involvement. Um, back to kind of what I talked about last week a little bit. You know, the in Ephesians 5, it talks about how the husband is the spiritual head of, of the family. Uh, there, there's other principles like in, in, the, in, the, in some of Jesus' parables where you have a manager and being the spiritual head of the family doesn't mean that you have to uh, sit there and do every last little detail in the in the whole thing. You you uh, you manage. Uh, there are things where you're going to have to be hands on, but there are other things that you can delegate. Uh, but but at the same time, you are also responsible for the net or the end result. And so that was that was a good reminder uh, throughout the throughout the weekend. Um, you know, it's like, you know, even though you may not physically be involved in the majority of the actual schooling, it is your responsibility as the, as the father to make sure that it is getting done. So it was good stuff for me. Um, you know, after, after we had decided that we weren't going, it was kind of like, well, I decided I was going to keep those days off and, uh, you know, it's like, well, I've got, I've got this that I can do and this that needs to be done and this and this and this. I, I had a whole list worked out. I was basically, I was giving myself a four day weekend and then our friends offered to pay the tickets and no offense to my friends, but it was just like, oh, shoot. <laughs> you know, I had all these things that I was going to do and, uh, I didn't get to do a lot of them. I got to do some of them. You know, I got some work done that needed to be done, so that's good. I was able to do some work on Thursday. We didn't leave the house on Thursday till about 4 o'clock in the afternoon or so. Uh, you know, so I was able to get some things done. Didn't get done as much as I wanted, but I got done enough to feel okay. Um, uh, you know, so it was kind of, you know, I, and I was I was trying to have a good attitude. That was one thing. My wife and I had some time together uh, during, during the week, um, Monday or Tuesday last week, you know, before we went and, and, um, we're working through the book, uh, starting your marriage off right by Dennis and Barbara Rainey. It's a book. Uh, I think I mentioned it last week. It, I know I mentioned the book and, and I think I mentioned this. It's a book that, uh, we were given when we got married, but we had never actually looked at. Uh, so we're working through it now. Uh, you know, it's just a, a little short thing. It's a few pages every week. You know, we just get, we try to get together once a week and go over this a few pages, a little a couple of discussion questions. And, um, 
we're trying, my wife is better about this than I am. Um, she thinks more along these lines, but we're trying to remember every time we get together and do these things to, you know, ask, you know, what we can pray for, for the other in the coming week. And that was one thing that I had to say, you know, just, you know, I don't want to, I didn't want to ruin the weekend. I wanted to be able to, um, if not enjoy the weekend personally, not wreck it for my wife. And I ended up enjoying the weekend. It was tiring, uh, but, you know, it was it was not a bad weekend, you know, going to this conference. You know, but uh, there's <clears throat> been plenty of times in my marriage where I have dug in and really not just had a bad attitude, but really fostered or um, fed a bad attitude. You know, so I don't want to do this, and I'm going to make sure that you know that I don't want to do this, and I'm going to keep letting you know. You know, not it's a terrible, terrible way to, to live, a terrible way to get along with your wife. It's it's not getting along. You know, it's it's awful, and uh, you know, really, I'm ashamed of that. You know, but that was that was my my big concern over this weekend going to this thing. It's like, you know, I had all these plans in mind, and now I'm not going to get to do them. And if I wanted to be a baby about it, I could really make a fuss, uh, you know, about this whole thing. And like, well, let's just not, uh, you know, let, I'm going to make you regret that we ever came, you know, and that, that very, uh, very easily, you know, is something that, that I could have done. It's, it's a, a tendency, uh, an aspect of my personality that I'm trying to work on, uh, because I don't like it. You know, even like during the middle of it, I recognize what I'm doing and it, it sometimes can take a long time before, uh, God gets into my mind or into my heart and is like, you need to knock this off. And, and you know, before he gets to the point where I will actually listen to him, it's not that I am not hearing it. It's more, well, I don't think I'm going to listen to that just now. And I do that more often than I would care to admit. Uh, and it does, it causes problems in the marriage. Um, it's a terrible way to relate to a spouse. So just a little openness there, you know, don't, don't, uh, you know, basically don't be like that. You know, repent when you do. Seek God's help to, to work through it. Help him, you know, ask him to help, you know, change your heart because it's it's awful. It, it makes for, you know, really a terrible existence or co- a terrible coexistence with your wife. Um, there's another another verse, and it's in Ecclesiastes, I think. Ecclesiastes or Proverbs. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Um, um because, you know, two are better than one, yes. Um, and, uh, well, I can't find it. There's there's a phrase somewhere where, uh, uh, you know, it talks about essentially like three strands of cord are not easily broken. Um, let's see. Nope. Excuse me. I am not finding it. Um, I might need to change my search parameters. Anyway, there's a verse that talks about essentially about three strands of cord are not equally broken or not easily broken. And a marriage, okay, if, you know, first, you know, there's a husband and wife, but there is a third component there. And of course, that's Christ or the Lord. And um, you, maybe you've gone through premarital counseling yourselves and seen the diagram where it's it's a triangle, and the husband and wife. Uh, are, on a, are each on one of the, uh, one of the bottom points, and then God is at the point at the top. And as 
ideally what should happen, the husband and wife should both be growing closer to God individually and then growing closer to each other, which basically means that they're both moving up their particular angle or leg of the triangle. They're, they're moving up the leg closer to God, which, you know, and by growing closer to God, they're, they're coming closer together. So the closer you are to God, the closer you are to each other. Um, you know, and, and that of course is the ideal that, that both husband and wife are going to be growing closer to God and seeking him and allowing him to work in their hearts and, and in their lives. And as they allow that to happen, uh, that, you know, they will relate better and better with their spouse. So that's, that's something, you know, so this, this whole, you know, the whole homeschooling thing, you know, we can homeschool all we want, um, you know, just under our own power. Um, but without, you know, but if you, once you put God into the equation, you, you have a power source, you have a, a standard and, you know, it's, it's something that, that just cannot be ignored. It's, it's, uh, completely necessary. Um, now, if all you want is pure academic achievement, uh, I would still recommend homeschooling. Uh, you know, God doesn't necessarily have to be a part of that picture. And there are plenty of non-Christians who have picked up on that. And there are plenty of Christians, too, who, you know, like, okay, academic achievement, academic achievement. And it's not that they're, it's not that they don't, um, that they don't necessarily love God themselves, but God doesn't factor into the educational component the way he ought to. And so it becomes a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, you know, factoids, you know, maybe like, you know, learning about God, but not knowing who he is and, uh, you know, it, and teaching your children that, you know, so they, maybe they come out and they can, you know, maybe they can recite entire books out of the Bible, but they have no idea who God is. And, you know, they, they come to, um, you know, they, they, they come to a point in their life where they're faced with very difficult decisions and they choose the wrong things because they have not learned to rely on God or learn to love him and let him impact their lives. Some points, you know, some comments that kind of came out through some of the talk, you know, basically, and, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not poo-pooing academic achievement. Um, but as somebody, somebody said in one of the talks yesterday, it's more important that my child knows Christ than that he then that he knows how to read. It is more important that he knows Christ than, than to read. Um, now I'd rather he do both. I'd rather my children be able to read and know Christ. Uh, you know, I mean, for sure. Um, it's more important that my child knows Christ than than being able to you know add two digit numbers together by hand or in their or in their heads. Would I love them to be able to do that? Sure. You know, that's 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 good skills. Um, you know, but if they're stuck, if, if math just isn't their thing and they're reliant upon a calculator and, you know, to the point of, you know, they need a calculator for one plus one, um, if it gets to, if it gets that bad, you know, then there's, there are other issues. You know, there are, I do believe that, I do believe there are minimum standards and I, I do believe too that, that Christians should be setting the standards of excellence, but you can't set academic standards of excellence and ignore Christ and expect you know, that, that, uh, that really that, you know, your homeschooling has been successful. Um, it, you need both components. You know, I would rather that my children know Christ than know really anything else, but I do want them to know these other things too. So, you know, don't, don't, uh, <laughs> don't misunderstand what I'm saying there. Um, knowing Christ is paramount. That is the ultimate. And, you know, really, I don't know if you remember some, there were like t-shirts 
back like in the 1990s. Um, they went around my high school a lot. Things like, you know, baseball is life. The rest is just details. Basketball is life. The rest is just details. Christ is life, and the rest is details. I mean, really, that's what it boils down to. Christ is life. Everything else is secondary. Um, you know, I, I want my children, you know, to, to be academically successful. They don't necessarily <clears throat> need to, uh, need to be, um, you know, mathematicians. You know, you, you get to a point and it's like, well, now you have to figure out what you want to do, you know, where you want to specialize or whatever. Um, you know, uh, you're not necessarily going to be able to uh, pursue, say, a master's level or, or PhD level education in math, in biology, in chemistry, in physics, in microbiology, um, uh, in literature, in uh, in politics, you know, or, or political science. You know, th there there are points where you know you're going to have an interest, and that's what you're going to pursue, you know, to a higher degree, and that's totally fine. Science and math really were my thing. That's where I excelled. Um, I, you know, I like to read books. I really did not enjoy literature classes. Um, I, I thought my teachers made too much out of nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens with, with literature with my own children. Uh, because, you know, I, now granted, I went through the public school system. So, and there's an explanation for a lot of things. <laughs> anyway. Um, so while I was at the conference, uh, I was able also to do a little bit more reading on Israel Wayne's book, uh, Education, Does God Have an Opinion? Uh, there'll be a link uh, for that in the show notes. And uh, if you have not gotten a copy of that book, I really would recommend that you do so. Um, I'm a little over halfway done. Uh, it's taken me longer to get through it than I had hoped, uh, but I will uh, write a review uh, and talk about it a little more in depth. Um, in when I have finished it, so hopefully I'll be able to finish it this week and do a little bit, um, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more in depth talk about it. Uh, you know, if you remember. So anyway, so uh, marriage and homeschooling, a couple topics that you maybe you think are a little disjointed, but they, I mean, they really fit. You know, the my wife and I, if my wife and I were not both on board with the homeschooling, the process would be much more difficult. Especially, I think, especially if it was a situation where, um, if I, if, if I didn't really care and she's like, okay, I want to homeschool, like, okay, whatever. If it was, if I was adamant that my children were to go to a public school or to a Christian academy or something and she wanted to homeschool, but I said, nope, we're going to do it this way. I do believe she would submit to me on that as difficult as it would be. Um, I'm glad that we're not in a position to where we're going to have to face that particular battle. We're both totally on board with homeschooling. Um, and just kind of a shout out, uh, if anybody is involved in the political arena here in the state of Iowa, uh, just looking at things, Iowa apparently is one of, if not the friendliest states in the country towards homeschooling. Um, my wife's family was a part of that beginning battle. Um, and there's, there's a lot of ground that's been won. There's, uh, there's always the potential for, you know, political winds to shift in such a way as to cause problems uh, for that. So we are going to uh, take advantage of the good times as much as we can while we have them and uh, move on to um, whatever we might have to do afterward. If, if the political winds change, you know, we'll adapt, um, you know, and we'll just, we'll see where things go. There are some uh, excellent people 
involved in political lobbying, uh, working to uh, keep homeschooling a, a, a viable choice for families. And there are some wonderful representatives at the Iowa State level, uh, both in the House and the Senate, who are uh, not just friendly towards homeschooling, but have homeschooling experience themselves. You know, there, there might be a couple of younger uh, either senators or congressmen or both who um, were homeschooled themselves. There are several representatives who are homeschooling or have homeschooled their own children. So there are people, there are allies out there who very, uh, very much appreciated. Um, politics has not really been my thing, uh, but I do think I want to get in touch with one of the political guys who was at the conference this weekend and just kind of, kind of, chat with him a little bit and see see what I might be able to do. He gave some ideas, you know, just some real, you know, even like real entry-level or basic things that could be done. Um, so part of that's just going to be finding finding what groups I need to get in touch with to get involved. Um, you know, while we have, since we have a political process uh, in this country that allows for us to be involved, uh, I, I do believe very firmly that we should be. And not everybody needs to be involved at the level of, uh, you know, being a lawyer uh, or being a representative or, or some other official. But, uh, you know, even, you know, getting out and casting a vote, you know, that might be all that you do, uh, which is, you know, and voting is important, but there are other, you know, lower, low impact things that you can do also, uh, which that was something I was reminded of this weekend or made aware of. So, well, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there. That's just over a half hour now. And uh, I want to thank you for being with me today. Um, and we'll see how this new format works. Um, I, you know, I could keep rambling and uh, would enjoy that, but I want to. I do want to try this and see see how it works. Um, so yes, again, if you are not married and you're seeking after a spouse, hey, that's a that's a good thing. You find a wife, it's a good thing. Um, and, and, you know, the, the reverse is true, too. If, you, if you're a woman and finding a husband, you know, that's, that's a good thing, too. Um, you know, and uh, there, there's tremendous blessing to be found in marriage. Be ready for the battles and be ready for the struggles. You know, don't, don't go into it you know, doe-eyed and thinking, oh, um, everything's going to be perfect. It, you know, marriage does not just all of a sudden fix every wrong thing or every bad thing in your life. But it is a tremendous blessing. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, I would love to hear from you. You can find my website, www.bitesizedtheology.com. There is a little dash between the bite and the size, so that is important. You can find me on Twitter at bite underscore sized theo. Uh, you can email contact at bitesizedtheology.com. <coughs> Again, a little dash between the bite and the sized. There is a Facebook group also, Bite Sized Theology. Uh, if you search for that, you should be able to find it. Uh, there will be the oh-so-involved uh, process of you asking to join and me checking your profile to make sure that you're not a bot or something, and, uh, and then approving your join request. So with that, I want to thank you for being with me today. And I want to remind you that in all things, make sure that your theology impacts the way that you live your life. God bless. Uh-huh.